Allen 29 of Peach Tree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Technically, Tyler and I are both watching Mello and the Pelicans and the Trailblazers because we're recording on a Tuesday night, but we're here to talk about the Hawks who went one and four on the recent road trip. Uh, any overall summation of your feelings from, from what came out of that trip? Yeah, they should have won that Portland game. They'd probably be feeling a lot better personally, but uh, overall, um, I think the biggest thing is that just Kevin Herter being out, what it, what it sounds like, he's probably going to be out for a month, which that that pro- that hurts a lot because, you know, the Hawks, of all the things, like they don't really have a Kevin Herter replacement on this roster. Right. Um, they just don't have enough shooting. Oh, you, you wait, never mind. You said yeah. they do have enough shooting. I I mean yeah they did but then yeah I mean if you, you got... know one of the shooters got suspended and then the other shooter <laughs> is out for a month okay. so it's like now you don't have enough shooting right right because um, you you know you just see these lineups that you know Pierce is throwing out there and it's just it's just a combin it's a combination of things where. These lineups can't defensive rebound if Alex Williams not on the floor. Right. Like that—that's where they're missing John Collins most as a rebounder. Like they just don't have a good rebounder outside of Alex Lynn. Like that's just, and so they can't get easy looks and fast breaks. Everything, everything has to be in the half court because they got to send all five guys to get the defensive rebound. Right. They can't push the break. Um, so they they have to exclusively play in the half court, and that would be fine if the Hawks were running Houston Rockets offense of, you know, just giving the ball to Trey Young and just ISO all day and just have the guys spread out and be shooters. But, one, they don't have the shooters, and, two, that's not really good for the development of Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter just to be spot-up guys. You know, they – Right. If, if the Hawks want to be better than just, you know, a middle and playoff team. Not not to say the Rockets, you know, that aside, but just this team in particular with the young talent that they have, they want to develop those guys. And so, like, they're going to run. They It's it's an egalitarian offense. In that sense, you, there's just so many ch- opportunities where, in particular during this road trip, where Reddish and Hunter are in good positions to succeed, but they're not finishing around the rim or they're not, finishing their open three-pointers or they're making the wrong read once they get the ball when Trey Young is trapped up high. And, you know, without Kevin Herter being a release valve for these guys, it's just making life a lot harder for everybody. Like, everybody's got it. It's just there's no room in the paint. And, uh, you know, it's just tough. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Luckily, they get Vince, Vince's back now, so that, that should help. Right, because they they haven't the had a, thing is, a power forward who could get any kind of stop or make the correct defensive play, and for pretty much the entirety of that road trip, the combination yeah, of yeah. of Parker and Fernando, oof, he's not really a power forward, and then two I mean, minutes he's of not Chandler really Parsons a either. So like Fernando, Fernando at center was just such a disaster. Where I like it's. Like, he needs somebody to – like, he can't be the last line of defense because he just doesn't know where to be on the floor. And that center, he was just so lost. Well, I but understand why – At some point, he'll be a center. He's, he's just – he's lost at the moment. He doesn't know where to be. 
he and he doesn't really know where to be as a power like... forward either. He'll be fine. But, I don't know. All right, I don't know. I, you Fernando, said you didn't have any takes, and you just gave me like a four-minute soliloquy, and I still have a question about like your first ten seconds. Like, go way, way back, and what what did you think about Jokic coming down on her like that? Did you think that was just a foul? Was it like? Do you think it was oh, like it was, an intentional foul, trying to just kind of tie up the thing? Yeah, it was him being fat and lazy. <laughs> uh, like he's been lazy this season. That was a lazy foul, and it right? should have been a flagrant. Like. He got away with it uh, because he's Jokic. And he kind of does it but, quick. You know, that Pretty. was like he, he, he had no chance at the ball there. He just swiped because he was beat. And, you know, he hit her in a bad spot and now hurt is out for a month. Luckily, he didn't, you know, completely tear his shoulder. It's just a he sprain. He didn't tear it at all. So, yeah, it's just a sprain. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's good news. But, yeah, that, I mean, that Jokic foul was. I thought it was dirty. And, and dirty in the sense that, like, he wasn't really competing as a basketball player. He was frustrated about something, and he, and he took it out on Herder. And, you know, that's, you know, it's, there yeah. should be no place for that. It's, and he should it's just know better. annoying in the sense that he does that all the time. Like, he's out of the play, or he doesn't yeah. want to chase a fast break, and he just swats somebody really hard. And it's like, it's not like any one of them. Is necessarily a horrifically dirty foul, but it's like there's just not really a place for that. It's just with these guys making millions of dollars and these teams having so much at stake to just kind of wind up and follow through on somebody because you don't want to deal with the rest of whatever the basketball play was going to be. It's kind of crap. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a crap play, um, and you know it's unfortunate. Like considering the flagrant fouls Reddish got. <laughs> you know, that, a lot, a lot of that is just, a, yeah. it's just, it's just annoying what happens in this league with certain players against other other players. Like it's, and like Jokic in particular, like because he did hurt somebody. Like he, that that foul, like really hurt hurt her, and he should have been like he should have got you know a flaker for it. Like for me, because again, it was aggressive and unnecessary. Like. You know, that's not, again, it's not basketball, but whatever. Uh, okay, so another thing that you brought up was, you know, the development of the rookies, and you don't want them to just be purely catch-and-shoot guys, and they haven't been that good in catch-and-shoot situations. Pierce was pretty candid about that today. He, you know, he said that Reddish, you know, when he works on his shot, when he's just kind of shooting it in the empty gym or whatnot, you know, he has a very repeatable footwork pattern, you know, left foot, right foot, go up. And he said that in, in games, Cam Reddish right now, he's just two-footing his jump shots. That he just catches it and jumps off of two feet. And that's not really, that's not his shot. And he's basically just jumping the wrong way. And then when he's talking about Hunter, he praised Hunter on the one hand. He said that, you know, out of almost all the Hawks, Hunter does a good job of being shot ready, that he's got his feet in place before the ball gets there. You know, he's done all his work to get set up before it's time to shoot. But he said that his follow through is inconsistent. So that 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 was Pierce today talking about the rookies on their catch and shoots. And he actually he was interesting because yeah, he said that Herder doesn't really set up as well, but he just has a magnificent release. 
that kind of <laughs> lets him get away with, with not being as shot ready when the ball gets there. But that's interesting because, you know, one thing you want for Herter is you want him to get more attempts and you wonder if, if he cleaned that up, if he could get them. And that's, I mean, that is something you do notice when, especially when Herter's coming off screens, when he catches the ball, he's not really ready to shoot. And you, you'll see him sometimes when he's open, he'll, he'll take a dribble um, unnecessarily just because he's not ready. Um, but again, he has such deep range and, you know, such a good handle that, you know, he can mitigate those issues. Uh, where Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, he, he's very, like, just in general, Hunter is very fundamental, fundamentally sound in everything that he does. So that doesn't surprise me that, you know, out of everybody, Hunter is the most shot ready of the, you know, young guys relative. Um, but the red, I mean, the reddest thing is it's the truth. Uh, that's something. Yeah, I mean, if I you look at his misses, so many college, of them are short. He doesn't have yeah, his legs. Yeah, that's something right. I know in, in college with Reddish is that, you know, his footwork on the catch, like on the catch when he's taking these catch and shoot jumpers is just terrible. Like, it's, it's something he has to work. Like, and that's something that can be fixed. Um, but he's going to have to put a lot of work in um, to really get his, to get it, have proper footwork once he catches the ball to be ready to shoot. Um, because what, to me, what it looks like he's doing is it's really with a lot of his issues as, as a basketball player where, you know, he makes like, he makes up his mind what he's going to do before reading the situation and particular, like he's shooting it before he's ready. Um, like he's just shooting it because he knows, he knows he's open and he has to take the shot, but his feet aren't, his feet aren't really where they need to be for him to be, to make a, to make his jump shots with consistency. And that's why you see all these bizarre misses where it's just like, you know, he's doing this weird jump hop two feet. And that's not really like, that's not his shot. He's got to figure out how to translate his shot into the game situation because, you know, in practice, you see his form. It it looks good. And on free throw line, he has good touch, Um, but it's not translating the game because his fundamentals are poor. Yeah. He did, he did look pretty good in the second half of that Lakers game. Yeah, and he played with more, like, he played with more aggression uh, getting to the front of the rim because that's something he has done a pretty good job of. Right. Reddish. It's, it's just, you know, it's tough when you're young and you're weak. Yeah, he needs to get stronger. And your shot's not going down. Your, your shot's not going down. Uh, I mean, I've probably mentioned you know, you it before, but... You know, when he misses a jump shot, you can see the shoulders go down. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very, you know, he's a very emotional player in that sense where once he, he strings some good plays together, you can see then all of a sudden, he, you know, like he, he plays with a different type of force. And you saw yes. in the second half where, particularly in that third quarter where, you know, he made a good cut. Somebody, you know, found him and he got a goaltending call and that kind of got him going where he was able to get to the front of the rim finish through contact, you know, draw fouls, uh, make, then he was making plays on defense, which is something that's been pretty consistent pretty for him. Consistent. He's a very good yep. defensive playmaker. You just wish he played with more force when he doesn't have it going because you do see it when, when he's really down on himself, he'll kind of fade away um, yep. on both sides of the ball. And it really, 
it really hurts the team. And so, you know, a lot a lot of the Hawks' struggles, you know, it really comes down to, you know, Reddish just not being a quality. Uh, you know, he just hasn't been good enough to be getting the amount of minutes that he has. But, you know, that's fine. He's young. We're not even 20 games into his first season as a pro. Right. And, you know, he'll get and there. the pieces the around him are gone. <laughs> two, two of the three best the good, pieces I mean, around him aren't there. Yeah, and the good news with him is that the defense is good and the basketball IQ is there. Uh, he does try to make the right play. He has skill. But now it's just converting on the looks that, you know, Trey Young is setting everybody up on because, you know, that's, somebody we, that's somebody's name we haven't mentioned. He's been incredible. Uh since the start of the season, and it's been super impressive how he's carried this form even without, you know, Herder and Collins being on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, like, if you were to compare Trey Young last season to Trey Young this season, like, how much different or how much better is he? Is it is it that much you know, it's funny. It's not just the jumper, even though, like, statistically, statistically, like, a lot of his improvement is that he's making more of his, you know, three-pointers. But he's just playing with a mo- lot more confidence now. Um, like, he, he he plays like somebody who knows he's going to score, who he knows where to get his shots. Uh, and, you know, he's just really good. Like, the one thing he's gotten great at already at only 21 is just, getting to the foul line, drawing, you know, drawing cheap fouls, getting teams into foul trouble. You know, he's fouled out a couple of good defenders, or he's gotten like five-plus fouls on the best defenders in the NBA just because he knows how to leverage. He knows how to leverage everything um, to his benefit. Um, you know, he like considering, you know, last year he, – he had more shooting time. Like, he had more shooting time than he has this year. Oh, absolutely. And it kind of just doesn't matter. Right. Like, it just flat out doesn't matter um, right now. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's a great sign. And, like, you know, he's playing like one of, I've said it before, he's playing like one of the 15 best players in the NBA. And, you know, at age 21, like, there's no rush, right? You know? So, like, you can live, like, to me, like, I'm, I'm not concerned about Reddish, you know, struggling or even Hunter trying to figure out what, where his spots are on the floor, you know, as an offensive player. Like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about their, you know, their relative struggles because, you know, Trey Young is already great. And, you know, he's, you know, we're 13 games into the season and his numbers kind of speak for themselves. So, um, great move. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it, I don't know. It's like, you know, Kevin, you know Trey Young's a proven thing. It it really sucks that Kevin Herter got hurt while he had it cooking, like he did against the Nuggets. He he really started to, you know, he started to get to the lane more, draw fouls, play with the force he needs to play with consistency. Like, yeah, you know, it just it just as a fan of the team, it just it it's not great that two of the three best players on the team are out. Um, and you know it's just tra- it's just really it- so now we've just got to settle for the Trey Young show at the moment, which you know it's fun, but it could be even better with those guys, uh, you know, uh, helping him out. Yeah, I'm excited 
to see what Trey Young looks like when the, the game gets easier for him just as a function of playing with more NBA-ready players. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a point on offense where he, it's almost like he's going to have too many options. Like, I, I don't know. I, it, it seems like a delicate balance is gone. Like, you lose Deadman, okay. So Alex Len's going to be the replacement. Well, Alex Len can't shoot this year, okay. So, all right, make Alex Len your role man. Well, Collins isn't there, so you don't have any other bigs that can shoot. And basically, the you know that everything they did last year that they did in a five out offense, they can't really do it anymore. Like there, there's always a big gumming up something somewhere there's people sagging off of Bembry or sagging off of Alex Len or Damian Jones there's just a muck in the paint compared to what he had last year you know he'd come off those double drag screens with Deadman and Collins and it was like just a field day in the paint because there was nothing there and nobody to contest and in that Lakers game they just couldn't get JaVale McGee out of the paint like it was just a nightmare for them like there was just no space he just got to everything. Even you know, even Dwight was in there some of the time, but JaVale just he was a massive problem because they, they could not get him away. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's that's just a thing like I mean, all these guys just gotta start making open three pointers. Um I I don't think Alex Lynn I think Alex Lynn's gonna come around as a shooter. Right. Eventually, he ha- he has been playing better, um, and a lot of it has to do with simply him remembering to get to the free throw line, yeah. which has helped him out a lot in recent games. Uh, you know, playing with force and physicality, he like a short term fix. All can do is just start Linigan. Uh, he's just clearly better. Yeah, I can see Damian that. Jones, who, you or, know, you, or even Damian if you keep Damian five, Jones, you just kind of give him the Kendrick Perkins five minutes and get him out quickly or something. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even do that because, like, these starting lineups cannot grab a defensive rebound, and you know, <laughs> Jabari Parker for all of his offensive gifts is just such a negative on the defensive end. Yeah, he. It seems like uh, we've gone the reverse. Need, like he, it seems like he's backsliding a little bit compared to where he was earlier in the season. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, he's just over. He's over leveraged. He's not a starter. Like his best role is coming off the bench. For sure. Um, you know, giving the offensive punch. Like, you know, it's you can't expect Jabari Parker, who's always been a bad defender, to just suddenly turn into a quality help defender. You know, and a good rebounder. That's just not his skill set. And so, you know, Pierce, over, Pierce used a phrase today. Starter. He said he was struggling mentally. Yeah, and it. And if you know, it, it feels that way because, you know, you just see it on defense. A lot of his, you know, a lot of his mistakes are just like he just mentally drops the ball. Like he just, and it, and it cost him. Like against the Lakers, you know, they had a semi chance to come back, and you know, he just gives up back to back Kuzma threes where he's just not, he's not, he's just not mentally tuned in. Like he's not locked in as he should be, and that. You know, you can afford that if he's coming off your bench. But as a starter, when you don't, when you and as a person don't really have a backup, you know, the Hawks need more from him, and they're just not getting it. You know, they didn't get it at, you know, during this road trip. Um, so, on the one hand, hopefully, 
But at the same time, like, on offense, you know, he's giving you everything that you could want oh, yeah. except for the shooting, which I think it's still it's going to come around. It's um, fine. I mean, he needs to take them. If they're open, shoot it. I mean, if he, even if he's like a 30% more, shooter, if, he, if you're open from three, let it go. More than that, he's done a really good job of getting open from the three-point line, particularly getting himself clean looks from the corner. Sure. You know, and that's something that, you know, that's something that, you know, is a positive to me. And that's, you know, he'll he'll start knocking those down with more consistency. I'm not, like, Jabari's uh, three-point um, shot should come around. Um, same with, you know, same with uh, Reddish eventually, just because it's statistically hard to be that bad of a three-point shooter. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Reddish like that, is but, a different um, thing. Like, Parker, I don't know. I don't think he's... The thing about Parker is when he misses, he misses. Like, you know, some guys, you know, they'll miss a shot and it'll kind of rattle around and come out. And like, when he misses, it's it's a miss. Like, it'll go off the side of the rim. But, you know. Yeah, but there's a diff. Like, here's the thing. There's, that, that just means he's like a low 30, low to mid 30. Right. Three point shoot. Like, he's not Bembry, who's just complete zero from three or right. Evan Exactly. He needs right. to shoot Who his 33%. Shouldn't and, shoot at all, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, the offense should bounce back once he starts hitting. Like, he'll have a couple games where he's hot from three. And, you know, the because, I mean, that's that's been the struggle on the season. It's just they can't make open three-pointers. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, their best shooters. Um, you know, Vince Carter was cold even before he went on. He went – he missed the, this road trip. Um, you know, he, he hadn't made a three and. You know, Herter was starting to get it going, but, you know, now he's out for a month. And John Collins had it going, but he's out, you know, for about another month or so. And so it's just, you know, it's just hard. You know, you're relying on, you know, guys who come from high school and college games to make open three-pointers. And, you know, a lot of this stuff just takes time. Like, it, it really does. Like, you, you know, you, some guys come in ready, ready to go, you know, on offense, but – are there on defense, and the opposite has been true for the Hawks and Young rookies, where defensively they both are sound and know what they're doing and they're making plays uh, on that end, but it's just the offense just hasn't been there for either. And more so Reddish than Hunter, who I think I think the Hawks may have found something um, running some Trey Young, um, DeAndre Hunter pick and rolls, something he did a lot at Virginia. So that might be something to get him more comfortable. Right. Cause that, a lot of pick like and pops, me, a lot too, of, right? A lot of, yeah, pick and pops, pick and pops. Yeah, not pick and rolls. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, that's something he did a lot at Virginia. And, uh, you know, just get just to get Hunter comfortable, you know, playing NBA basketball. Because, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of Hunter's struggles, it, it just feels like he's just not, you know, it's just new. Like, it's, he, he's going up against bigger guys and he's, struggling to finish through contact and you know he's settling for too many uh finger rolls instead of trying to go through guys um right so you know with hunter i i would like him to use his body more use his size size a lot more to get get to the foul line and stuff like that but you know on the whole i've been you know i've been happy with both hunter and reddish in different spurts put it like that yeah and it's it's i mean it's funny, like some of the uh, offensive stuff for him that he needs to get better at is so obvious, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, if if you're trying to coach him up, 
And in the span of a week, he's going to like guard Paul George, guard LeBron, and then guard Giannis. It's like, you know, how much time do you have to coach him and what do you have to get him ready for? You know what I mean? It's like, you you can, it's easy to see what the plan is going to be for him over the course of the summer, right? But it, it might be hard to do some of that stuff during the season. I, don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, you could do some of it. Would but... we say that if he made if he made his open three pointers? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like, if he made his shots, like that, like to me, like he, to me, the bigger thing is that he just once he gets to the front of the rim, he's he's avoiding contact instead of trying to go through it. Right. It's, um, it's almost it like nice. a double clutch. It looks nice when it goes in. Yeah, right. it, it looks nice when it goes in, but uh. Those are just harder finishes, and like the math is bad. You know, you saw it against you saw you saw it against Javale where he had a left-handed dunk. Yep. You know, just out literally out of nowhere, it's like, well, you did it that time. Do it every time, right? Not not necessarily dunk, but like go with bad intentions around the rim because you're more athletic than you give yourself credit for. Yep. And you're long, and you're huge. Like, and and, and to add on to the point, most teams aren't putting like-sized guys on you, right? And if he like, gets an you, offensive you foul at the rim, are... the coaches should just be like, forget that. Put that out of your brain. Keep doing what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. Instead of trying to go around guys with your length, try to go through them with your length. Try to go through them and then finish with length um, to get an and-one possibility. So that's – I mean, and and like I said, like he, he showed he could do it against, you know, JaVale McGee. Um, so you'd like to see him do it more often. And with Reddish, like to me with Reddish, he, he should just, you know, try to just attack the rim more often. Um, especially when he has smaller guys on him who are bad defenders, because he can go by those guys. And then once he gets, once he gets deep into the paint, either kick it out, um, to a shooter, um, or, you know, or try to finish through contact instead of, again, like, instead of trying to go around, which I, I find Reddish, when he attacks the rim, he at least tries to attack the front of the rim to either get fouled or get blocked. And it's just, you know, for better or for worse, too often he's getting blocked. At he the doesn't moment, have so. the lift yet. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have, I mean, he doesn't have the lift, he doesn't have the strength. And so it's just like a lot of, a lot of tough contested shots, but um, he, he'll get there. Uh, yeah, I'm not that worried about that part of it. Um, Jabari Parker's listed as questionable tomorrow. Uh, right shoulder injury. If he can't play, what would you do? I mean, if he can't play, if Evan Turner... Who Evan Turner is also listed as with, questionable with the same Achilles injury yeah. that he's had all along. Yeah, so with those two guys, you know, possibly being out, I mean, I guess maybe start Crab and then move Hunter down to the four. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, other than that, I, I don't know what the options could possibly be. I mean, that um, kind of matches. That wouldn't be that bad, just because, you know, if, if Giannis it is, give, is it get the more floor. shooting on the floor. Yeah, it'd get more shooting on the floor. Uh, Oddly enough, even though I said, you know, start Alex Glenn, I think Daniel Jones would probably physically have the best chance at guarding Giannis. He'll just foul him um, every time. But, you know, Giannis is a mediocre free throw shooter, so that might not be such a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, uh, 
tomorrow's going to be pretty tough. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it, it just, it's pretty rough that, you know, the Hawks are playing the possibly three of what the five best teams in the NBA, three games in a row. <laughs> it's and it's absurd. Missing, you know, they're missing their best. They're missing their best basketball players outside of Trey Young. So it's just, you know, they got to make do with what they got. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be really tough, especially if, you know, they're not making the open three pointers with Brooke Lopez just hanging around the rim. Like it's, it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a tough night tomorrow. It's gonna be a tough night. Yeah. Okay. Well, are we missing anything here? Um, uh, feel like we covered. You know, it's just. How about Chandler Parsons? Those is. those two minutes that he played the other day. I'm not crazy in thinking that he's not NBA level ready yet, right? I mean, he only played two minutes, and the Hawks got blew out. He didn't play at all against the Clippers, uh, and they lost by 50 points. So I think that kind of speaks for itself on where Chandler Parsons is as a basketball player now. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not much, much, to, too much to add there. But um, what about Crab? I, I, would I mean, it's that... it's nice to see him, and it's clear that he can shoot. Is is there anything else? I mean, he as looked, a glaring I positive mean, or negative, Crab looks pretty good. Uh, you know, it looks like he's on a minutes limit, though. Yes. Um, but you know, he looked. You know, he looked. Uh, I'm trying to I think where he I heard that he was good, on one. I, I think it might have been Schlenk on the radio saying that he's been on a 20 minute restriction. So I, I think he has yeah, been I, on I a think, restriction. I mean, if he wasn't, he'd be playing a lot more because he like, especially with Herder out, like. Um, even though they want to develop Reddish and Hunter, ideally, you know, they'd probably prefer Crab to be out there just to have more space. And so, to I mean, he could take some of Beverly's minutes too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, though with Evan Turner being in and out of the lineup, right, right. I, that's assuming uh, that yeah. Turner plays. Yeah, if yeah, not, but there's... like to me, I think. The, the minutes Crab takes is just going to be, uh, it's probably going to be more, it's probably going to be a combination of both Reddish and Bembry, uh, especially until Reddish shows that he can make, you know, open three-pointers with consistency. Right. Like, it's just hard to play, you know, so many non-shooters, <clears throat> you know, at one time, like the Hawks are doing at the moment. Um and overall, like I was saying, like just the overall theme of the team is it's hard to evaluate these guys as a group because uh, you know the the, the Hawks then uh, they don't have overwhelming overwhelming talent advantage advantage right at the moment, uh-huh. and you know that was true before Collins and Herder got out, but with you know those got with you know two of your mainstays being out in particular for such a young team that. He's relying on both of those guys for production. But it's just been hard to find somebody to step up in that role. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take time with these rookies to get to find out what they're good at in this league. And we'll, we'll see if, if they can get there. Uh, luckily, you know, looking at the schedule, after this Bucks game, it, the schedule does lighten up a bit. 
um, where they're not just playing these absolute monster teams anymore. <laughs> you know, right. uh, it's just it's just super it's just super bad. We didn't talk about the Suns game that was ruined by officials. That that was just uh, I I can't yeah. I'll probably get in trouble. I mean that, that if game. I say was, what I really that think of that really game. Was really because it really just. I mean, it just ended the game. It like, felt like something out of college that basketball. Was a winnable game. Yeah, and they could have won that game because the Suns had no answer for the Roman. No, and, they did not. You know, it, it kind of they like they didn't at all. You know, the Suns have been a good defense this season. Like the Hawks had, like the Hawks had an answer for their defense, and then you know the West took it away. Yep. Um, and and again, like I said against the Trailblazers, they had the game won, except you know. You know, Jabari Parker and Trey Young kind of fell asleep on defense to close the game, and that bit them in the butt. Like, yeah. and that's, you know, it's going to be games like that. Like, you know, close game, when you're in close games, like, you got to be on, you can't give up easy looks, or you can't have mental breakdowns on defense uh, if you want to win those types of games because they're, they're such coin flips. They just come down to who's going to make who's going to make a shot uh, and you know they, it burnt them it burnt them then uh, against the Blazer it, it burnt them against the Sixers as well you know and, you know they win they, those are games that they had in hand that, that they were leading for most of it you know they were leading for most of the fourth quarters in most of those games and you know it's it you know it's not great when you when you lose games that you know you could win when when you're when you're when you're struggling for wins as it is as it is as a team, so you know, like I said before, but you know the schedule does ease up after this Bucks game. But you know, if you're looking for positives, like the Bucks games might go go the way of how the Lakers and the Clippers went, just due to you know literally the best basketball player on the planet they're going up against, and the Hawks really don't don't have an answer for them on either end of the floor, so it's it's going to be rough. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's uh that's a good state of the team, right? Like state of the union, we'll call it the state of the team. That that seems like where they're at. Yeah, unfortunately, I you know it just feels bad because they they got off to a, you know a pretty decent start and there's a lot of optimism, but. You know, hopefully they can, you know, right the ship and, you know, just play some competitive basketball um, in the meantime until the Cavalry comes back in December. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. This was a quick no one. Problem, I feel like we were leaving that. something out, but uh, subscribe, rate, review. We'll put that in. Before we peace out, anything else? I don't. I don't really have anything. Yeah, um, other than you know, at least Trey Young's gonna make the All Star team. That's great, uh, and he's been incredible. Like all this, like all this negativity aside, uh, you know. I, right. I mean, I mean, he's just a he's just a he's just a great basketball player. Period. Um, and. Yeah. You just wish, you just wish uh, the other guys could convert the easy looks that he's generating right. uh, with and, his gravity. But yeah, I mean, in the big scheme of things, yeah. like you think about this Hawks season, it's like your best player got 
a lot better going from year one yep. to year two. It's like you take everything else that could have possibly happened with this team. Like that's the most important thing that needed to happen and it's happening. So the rest is kind of crap and, with it, but that that's certainly a meaningful development. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. That, like to me, I'm not, I'm not annoyed that the young guys are struggling. No, uh, not at all. Like to me, that's not, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. And particularly now, this is the hardest. Like this, the thing is, like this is right now what we're, this stretch of basketball the Hawks are playing through, um, through probably mid December or so is the hardest stretch of basketball sure. in the season, and it's they're getting out the way early. Yep. And so schedule's going to get like, easier. Gonna it's going to be much, weird. Yeah, it's going to get a lot easier uh, come January first, and so like to me, you know, this is the time for guys to get hurt. This is the time for you know. 25 game suspension, even though this there really shouldn't never be a time, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like this is the time to miss. Ultimately, this is the time to miss games or for guys to not be playing well and stuff like that. Uh, so that's you know that's that's a plus. I mean that's 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 the optimistic viewpoint. If you want if you want the Hawks to you know potentially make the playoffs. On the other end, you know the Hawks could always use another uh, young talented basketball player in the lottery right uh it's not the worst like it's not the worst thing in the world where you know the Hawks gonna have two top 20 draft picks next you know in, in the next draft and um and they know what they like looking at looking at where Trey Young and John Collins and Kevin Herter are they know what this team needs uh to take that next leap um and so, and they got cap space to fill out the holes in the roster. Um, so, you know, they, this team has a lot of options. Like, the optimism is still there for what the ultimate goal of winning a, te- a, a NBA championship way down the road. But like, all all lanes are still open, and you know, it's still easily one of the better times to be a Hawks fan. It's just not at this exact moment where you sure. know, you're missing your other All Star caliber player John Collins that's good uh, do you like the peach tree jerseys uh, I, I need to see them in person okay I would I would have liked them more if uh, it was you know light you know if it was white and light peach or you know just light peach instead of the black but they look good you know in certain shots I I you know my favorite jerseys by far are those uh, light blue ones they had last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are easily the best uniforms the Hawks have had ever to me. Uh, and, you know, I know the Hawks are getting new uniforms next season, so maybe maybe they'll be light blue. But I would like to see have them have some type of peach, have that be another, like, instead of the red alternate uniform, maybe a peach colored you know, some of the way Atlanta United did. Right. Because those, those peach uniforms are fire. Mm-hmm. And I would like the Hawks to do something in a similar vein as that. But, you know, the black, the black, the black, black and peach looks good as well to me. Um, but again, I like, you, you can only glean so much in screenshots. They, they do look good, better on the players than they do like just, um, you know, blanked out. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good note to end on. Thank you, Tyler. Talk no to you problem, again Ken. soon. 
All right. Try to. <laughs> Weird time. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. You too.